Hey everyone, welcome to the Anthem Podcast. Bert Alcorn here. Today is our official Thursday pod. Okay, so if you missed... That was so dumb. If you missed our uh, announcement earlier this week on the Tuesday pod, we are moving to this new format where instead of uh, hearing me yap at you uh, five days a week, uh, we're kind of moving this to kind of two different shows within a show, if you will. So the Tuesday pod is are going to be kind of those deeper dives around culture, theology, Bible, church, me, and maybe I'll even have some friends and some guests on to particularly hone in on some of those issues that the church and followers of Jesus are facing today. And then the Thursday pod uh, is really fun. I'm really excited about this. The Thursday pod is uh, uh, stories, interviews. We're calling, I mean, in, in short, we're calling it People of Anthem. We just want you, the listener, whether you are part of our local community here in Ventura or not, to get to know some of the people, stories, faces, voices that make Anthem Ventura who we are. And in particular, what God is doing in and through the people of our church. It's really easy to get a sort of distorted picture of a, of a local community if your only interaction or consumption is, is through maybe the leadership or even just a primary preacher or teacher. And so our hope is to just expose you to some of the voices and stories uh, here in our church and for you to, to hear what God is doing in, in the lives of the people who call Anthem Ventura home. So today we're kicking off our very first interview uh, with a friend of uh, Sherry and I's and, and has been a part of our church um, since they've moved here from, from Texas. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Kylie Riley today. Uh, Kylie is a ton of fun. She is whip smart, a brilliant thinker. Uh, she's a mom. She has uh, an awesome career at Patagonia. Uh, she is a, a critical theological thinker, and I'm really excited to have her on the pod and, and for her to share just some of her story and how she has been processing through some of her journey in COVID uh, and particularly, you know, what it looks like to work from home and also uh, help her kids with remote distance learning and being married to a nurse who's interacting with COVID patients on the regular. So I'm, I'm really excited for you to hear it. I had a ton of fun sitting and talking with Kylie. I think it'll benefit you and be a, a huge encouragement to you. And so before we jump in, uh, if you're catching this podcast somewhere else and you do not yet subscribe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss out on an episode. And while you're there, please rate and review this podcast. It helps us out a ton. And it, when you rate and review, it helps others kind of stumble across our, uh, our work here and what we're doing. And, and hopefully they might find it useful. And finally, if you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it along. I'm always really honored when I hear about how this is encouraging, inspiring, kind of helping strengthen your, your life with God. Uh, and even more honored when, I'm here that you, when I hear that you're sharing it around on social media with friends, with family, whomever. And so please take a moment to write, review, to share it along. That would mean a ton. Um, but let's dive in to uh, our interview today, People of Anthem with Kylie Riley. Hey, Kylie, thanks for joining us on the Anthem podcast, uh, being willing to, I, I don't know actually when this will go out, but you're the first one I'm recording this with, which is super, super fun. Um, but thank you so much for carving out a little bit of time. Uh, you are just telling me before we hit record that you are doing some work on your house. So time is precious. And thank you for sitting down with me for just a moment. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. No problem. Happy to talk to you. Well, so one of the things we're hoping for is we're just uh, hoping for anyone who might be listening. So both kind of within our local community here in Ventura, but also uh, just some of the people who've been following our story outside of Ventura, we are just hoping 
um, for people to get to know you and get to know some of the the faces and the voices and the stories that make up our quirky, adventurous little community here in, in uh, Ventura, our little beach town uh, just north of LA. And so I just love to start with with that with you and just like, who are you? Help us get to know you. Maybe what's a bit of your story, your family, your work, just yeah. any anything that maybe just give us a couple minutes of, of who is Kylie and uh, and what your story is and maybe how you ended up here doing whatever you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so first off, I'm married and I have two kids. I'm married to Luke and my kids are Parks and Canna. Parks is almost 12 and Canna um, will be 10 this summer. So kind of preteenies is what I have. Um, oh, the fun and, years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, we'll get into that. I don't think, I don't know that, <laughs> that we're supposed to be that this close with our preteens every single day. <laughs> but, you know, it's fine. Um, and I, let's see, um, I'm born and raised from in Houston, Texas. And we moved here as a family. Oh. Four and a half years ago already, um, and since that time we've been a part of Anthem Ventura, um, and we moved here for a job opportunity for me that opened up, and it was uh, just a good opportunity and a good chance to kind of shake up our patterns and um, find kind of a new a new rhythm, a little bit slower pace than than the the city, and um, a job maybe that's a little bit less um cutthroat i guess <laughs> a little bit that allowed a bit better family which one by the way when when people think texas they think wide open slow country farmland or what you're from houston though right like, right an hour and a half crazy commute. city yeah. yeah yeah i had an hour and a half commute one direction um for oh. almost two years and so it was like three hours both ways every day um Brutal. i would Brutal. leave it like seven and get home at seven and then my kids were little like preschool and elementary early early elementary and just like I got home and put them to bed so it just wasn't yeah it just wasn't great conducive for for the lifestyle that I was hoping to have with my family so um yeah so we moved here uh for a job opportunity and um I'm two miles from work so well right now I'm I'm at work at home so fantastic. <laughs> Everyone's commute shrunk <laughs> drastically, right? <laughs> right, exactly. But before then, um, like a two-minute commute. So, and this kid's school is another two minutes down the road. So, just a very like local. So good. Yeah, yeah, like community feel. So that's what we what we needed, and um, yeah, just a kind of chance to be somewhere different. And we're outdoor people, so it was a really good fit from the beginning for us. Yeah. So good. So good. So good. Um, thanks for sharing all that. That's awesome. Uh, what is so this last year you kind of alluded to working at home as many of us have done for a portion or are still doing. Um, what has this it's we're coming up on one year of I mean, it's been longer since this has been out and about, but really coming up on a year of sort of the um, stay at home orders, the drastic shutdown of businesses and just the need to like way, way hit the pause button on just about every part of culture and society. Right. Sure. Um, coming up on a year of that. Um, so kind of thinking in that terms, what what has this year been like for you? Maybe how did you guys go 
go into COVID? Uh, what was that adjustment like? I mean, with kids who are in school and you guys both have really high demand jobs, uh, as much as their slower pace of life, it's still like, you know, pretty, pretty intense jobs that don't stop with a global yeah. pandemic. So maybe what is, what has this year been like for you guys? Yeah, I think um, it's been it's been a challenging year. I don't think that that there's a way to like sugarcoat that in any way. I think it's just been a really hard year. Um, you know, there there's some really cool silver linings, um, but in general, it's it's been tough. Um, I think working from home isn't isn't terrible when kids aren't home, <laughs> but when kids are home, it's you know, I I actually have ADHD. And I had a, I've, I've had it since I was diagnosed at 17. I never was medicated because um, I, I learned to cope on my own with and built like this toolkit that I've relied upon for 40 years. And now with this, as the year has gone on, those tools have evaporated and eroded down. And so now it's really hard. Like to finish a task is a monumental thing for me. And and like you said, I have a really like intense job that requires me to like focus. And when you have kids popping in every second to ask a question or just to like say hi, you know, it is a mother, it was really easy because kind of life was siloed. Like you're at work, you're at work. When you're at home, you're at home. And like they overlap some but not enough to where it was like a distraction, right? So you could like really be a hundred percent yourself at, and at work and like focus for there. And when you came home, you had the energy and the wherewithal to like go into mom mode, right? Um, or family mode, right? And so here it's all melded into one and it's really hard to like pivot, pivot from one to another. So at the end of the day, you're just exhausted from like doing all of, all of the things intermittent throughout the day if that, if that makes sense so I mean that's that's um I think it's been challenging for for moms working moms working parents in general just this new norm because it, it disrupted our rhythms um and and it took away our support systems right so one thing I think we all have done is built these really um important structures whether you know it's family or friends or daycare or um you know after school activity whatever you have built up you have these things that you've relied upon for all this time to help you be successful and even like even something as simple as having someone come clean your house which our our cleaning people we had that our cleaning people wouldn't come to our house because my husband's an ER and a trauma nurse and I don't blame right like I wouldn't I didn't I was that's why I told them what he did because I was like just so you know you know, he has, he, he deals with COVID patients and they're like, yeah, we're not going to come. So then that's like, so like your, your support system erodes, um, the, the break that you build in, like visiting family. Cause we're, we're very, very far from family. Um, we missed, I have in my whole life, I've never not had Christmas with my family and in, in my entire life. And this was the first Christmas in 40 years that I didn't spend it with my parents. Um, so that was an, now the, the plus side was Luke was off work, which he never is off work for Christmas. And so we had like some really sweet, like small family time, super chill, stayed in pajamas all day, which we never do. So like, so there was some really positive trade-offs, some really fun things, but it was, it was a disruption and like something very, very different and, and hard for like knowing my parents were alone on, on Christmas day was, was like pretty hard because I know that, that they were super sad. And so 
um, yeah, so, so like, like good and bad. I feel like there's like some ups and then some pretty low lows. Um, we had, um, we had a death in the family from COVID. Um, my aunt's husband died pretty over in the summer, pretty early on. And then she was in the hospital for two months. Um, and that was really stressful. And then my, my dad lost an aunt and an uncle as well. No funerals. So like these people are just gone. There was no funeral for them at all. So like, you don't really even say goodbye in the same ways, or you can't offer so offer support for the family members who are suffering in the same way because there's just not that same support structure. So I think that's that's one of the things that's been really difficult is like losing the support structures that we have built around ourselves and having to find more reliance. And that reliance has to be on God, right? Those support structures we're there and they're great things and they're, they're really good, but it's like finding those new ways to like have that, that, um, um, help that, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever that looks like and whatever the situation is. Yeah. So, um, so it's been, it's, it's definitely been an interesting, challenging year for sure. Um, I don't know what else. <laughs> I lost track a little bit there, but, <laughs> um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, um, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask a little bit because you mentioned, um, uh, like, you know, kind of Parks and Canada interrupting you during the workday and, and all of it. And I remember that I, up until a couple of months ago, I was working out of the garage and just like, and, but our kids are different. Our kids are, you know, Calvin, he turned six in November. And so, as they're processing through school, it's very different than, you know, a 10 year old and a 12 year old. And even in the interruptions are a little bit different. Um, but I, I mean, talk to me about home, yeah, you know, kind of hybrid schooling or kind of whatever the remote schooling with older kids, but also managing a full-time job. Like, yeah. What was just that like? What was, I mean, it's very different when we had younger kids. I think there's different challenges and different yeah. upsides and with, you know, parks and can are quite a bit more self-sustainable, but I yeah. think the, the pace and level at which school in particular yeah. uh, for them is, is much difficult. Talk to me about what that was like as yeah. you're trying to juggle full-time work. I, I think the, um, this, the spring when we, well, no, the, the, yeah, the spring a year ago, when we first went work from home, their, the model was very different because we didn't know how long it would be. So the, the school handled it by like sending work in packets and you had the week to like do the packet. And so, and so that was, fairly easy to manage. Like we created a schedule and my kids are really great with schedules. So like they stuck to their schedule and then we had summer and then when we came back, I feel like as things have progressed, the structure and the, the ability to like create a structure and maintain structure has just evaporated. And so, um, part of it is just fatigue, right? And, and like trying to keep that up. And so um, when we started back to school, the school was much more structured, which was helpful. So they have class time in the morning and then they have their asynchronous work in the afternoon that they're responsible for. Um, both of my kids after the spring are better at Zoom than I am. So that part, it, like making sure that they're in class and like logged in, they do that themselves. They know how to do it and they're there. Um, that, yeah. And I am also lucky in that I have two of them because they both sort of kind of keep themselves accountable. It's when you see them up and running in the middle of class time, you're like, where are you going to the bathroom? Okay, well, that's fine. 
I guess. You know what I mean? Like getting a snack. Okay. Is it snack time? I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's just like the, the monitoring of like what's going on. Um, versus like making sure that you're helping them with learning. It's a little bit different for Canna because she needs a little bit more support than Parks. Um, but I, I, I do feel like it's been, I think first off, she's gotten better as the year has gone on about doing her assignments. Um, at the beginning, we had to really sit with her and we would work until like seven o'clock at night getting assignments done. And Everyone was frustrated and yeah. And then they, and then her teacher started supporting her more and like had more one-on-one time with her. And then she was doing them herself. Um, but then we found out she was turning them in saying, I don't know for her answers. <laughs> like she turned in her whole page and it would just say, I don't know. What is this? I don't know. <laughs> Which to me actually seems like a really adult way to approach things. It's like, sometimes you just say, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is, but, but she had tools. Like if she didn't know, she should have come and asked me or talked to her totally, teacher, totally. like emailed her teacher, yeah. all these different options. And instead of like prodding a little bit into like the, the toolkit that she has, she was just like, I don't know. And I'm done with my schoolwork. It only took me 30 minutes. <laughs> so we had a conversation about that. And since then she's been better, like she's been able to complete her assignments and and um and we haven't had any more like emails from the teacher <laughs> about about undone assignments. And I and I, I I definitely know of other um both I have my I have teachers in my family as well as like friends of mine whose kids just like are reading a book while they're supposed to be in class. Or um my nephew will go away, like and they'll look up and his chair will be empty. And my sister will get an email saying where did Dominic go? <laughs> She's like, he's in class. And then she'll find him like in the kitchen or, you know, wherever out in the backyard, you know? <laughs> so at least I feel like mine are like a little bit, they have each other to hold us, hold them accountable. And I think they do a pretty decent job of that. They don't like tell on each other, but there's like, you know, they have little contests, like who's going to like be let in first or to the class, you know, or who's going to be logged on first. and. I think that helps as far as that goes. Um, but, but it's, you know, I think all of that is a process, right? So, so some days are super easy and really like fine. And then other days it's like interruption after interruption after interruption. So to balance that with work, it, it's just really challenging. Um, in the mornings when they're in class time is typically when I can really focus the most. Um, but they're, they're like in my line of sight so I can see anything that that's crazy. So your attention is always divided in some aspect because you are like listening or you have like that mom radar activated at all times, plus trying to do work. So, so it's, it's definitely, um, challenging. That said, I'm super thankful to have a job and to be working and, um, and so, yeah, cause that's not the case for everybody. And I, and I recognize that. So I think part of the, the challenges is recognizing that the ways that really, even though emotionally it's, it's hard and draining and there's a lot of fatigue, um, and it feels very, um, like it, the day-to-day can feel like a grind, like a, I think is a good way to put it. Um, there's definitely things to be thankful for and that's having a job and, you know, having a school that's supportive and, and helpful and, 
um, you know, I think, I think those are things to be really thankful for having our health and being healthy. Um, I think those are things to be super thankful for. So in the scheme of like big picture, it's fine. Um, day to day is like a grind and this and can be really, really hard. So some days like totally chill. And then other days I'm just like at my wits end. And I think that is not, I think it's universal at this moment in time. So. Yeah. I, I think anyone listening is, is not unable to find themselves in some of that right? <laughs> and, and resonate. I, I mean, so in that, in the, in the grind, in the honestly unique challenges of um, kids at a certain age, certain types of jobs. Yeah. And, you know, there are definitely people who are more bogged down and, and more freed up. And, and, and many of us are just in, be, in between. What, what do you, over the last year, what have you sensed some of the things God's been either maybe doing in you or teaching you and kind of using some of yeah. this to, to bring about something or to teach you something? What do you feel like God's been, been on about in your life in the last year? Yeah, I, you know, uh, to be honest, I think that a lot of it I won't know until I look back. I'm, I mean, just to be completely honest, I feel like in the thick of it, it's really hard to recognize all the ways God are, God is moving. I think for sure um, in the big things, like we we have been protected and from from getting sick, which with Luke's job is quite a, quite honestly a miracle. He had multiple people at his base get sick. He had like he carried patients that had COVID and he didn't have proper um, PPE and he didn't get so, so there's like, that's like a huge like protection from God, right? That, that we didn't, that, that he didn't get sick and that we all didn't get sick from that. So I think there's big things like that, that I, that I know that he was active. And I think there are other things where it's like harder to know, like what, if there's a global pandemic, obviously God is like trying to say something, what, you know what I mean? Like when there's big things happening, it's like, okay, but what is that? I think it can mean multiple things for different people, but globally, what does that mean? And and I don't, I don't know that I have an answer to that. And I don't know that we will have a clear understanding of that until maybe several years down the road when we look back and say, oh, this is what God was doing. I see that now. You know what I mean? Whether that's in our own lives or, or just like from a big picture um, macro level. Um, I do think some, some things like some important lessons, especially at the beginning were to like slow down, like just the pace of the frantic pace of like everyone's life, especially in the Western world to be forced to slow down, to be forced to reconcile life and death, to be forced to evaluate where we've placed our importance, which is ultimately our hope, right? Like, and to reevaluate, we all had to reevaluate those things, right? At some point, uh, but earlier on, especially. And I think, um, I think that that was like a really important thing that God was teaching, at least for me, is like, okay, you know, like, I, I have you, you have a job, you're thankful for a job, but that's not where you know your security is right like you have health be thankful for health but in the end that doesn't you know, that's not as lasting as you think that it you know what I mean all these things that we thought were just like um a given you know that we kind of just assume you know we're, we're kind of like not there anymore and it's like well okay that and that's okay you know what I mean so I think that I think part of that earlier on 
I think that was my big lesson earlier on. As time has gone on, it's been harder. <laughs> it's been harder to know. Like, like, okay, God, we learned our lesson. Let's. <laughs> but I also think some of it is that. that <laughs> and, and then I think, like, have we really though? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I know, and that's where I was going, right? Like, and then in the end, it's like we start picky. As soon as things like open back up, we start picking up the same things that we were doing before. And I, so I don't know. Maybe the longevity of this is to like really like iron like cement those those new rhythms into place or maybe i don't know or maybe there's still just more things that we have we don't even know about um i think another thing is is resources it was just amazing that like so the people i talk to so often you know when i ask them you know what do you hope you know goes back and what do you hope never goes back to normal you know and those kind of questions and consistently the number one answer i get from people is what they hope does not go back to normal is their pace of life um and, and not that, I mean, honestly, like with a busy job with kids, at a certain, there's not a whole lot you can control, you know, and there are those external pressures, but I think how we handle them and, and what we say yes and no to really do matter. And, uh, so many people I've said are just exactly resonating with you that like somehow, I don't know how, but somehow the pace of life has to shift and change a little bit coming out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think how we look at resources, which, which time is a resource, right. But I, I think not just time, I think, um, I think, I think all resources, financial resources, the time, as well as, as well as like, um, environmental, like not, I think, I think having a moment where, where almost everybody in the universe, not universe being world, right. Was not driving Right. And and seeing in China, like the, the imagery of what can happen to our air and our environment at the same time when we have that, that pause. Right. It's amazing. Right. It's totally amazing. Yeah. And so I, I caught myself thinking a few times when I would have to drive somewhere earlier in the pandemic before things opened back up. And it was like a couple people on the road, you know that that this is you know when i think about when my my grandparents or my were were that's how driving was for them right because population was so much smaller people didn't bustle around as much like so it's just an interesting like thing to think about is how much the world has changed and i i know the world's always changing so like you know it, it's changed from you know, medieval Roman to medieval, I mean, every, right. Every era has its like change. And, and so I I don't want to like overstate this, but at the same time, I do think there's value in like reassessing how we use resources, whether it's time, whether it's finances, whether it's, um, you know, our environment, the resources that we have in our environment, our natural resources. I think all of those things are, are, are something that, um, we, we had to reevaluate and, and look at a little differently in the pandemic. We've had to continue to look a little bit differently in this time. And I think it's important to use those wisely. And, and I don't always think that we do. And I think oftentimes we don't even pay attention to them because they're in excess for us. And so we're used to using them in to excess, like even sometimes beyond the means that we have, even beyond the time, like we pack our time. We pack our finances to the brim and then we do the same thing with our natural resources. So the I think one of the lessons learned is like, hey, let's add a little like space in there and, and actually be mindful of these resources and know that they're limited and not just in abundance and use them as if they were, you know. So I think that's another one. 
that's that's yeah important i think there's such a gift of like reevaluation and and even like a byproduct of that like you're kind of referring to is margin and and all sorts of areas of life and i think one of the things that's interesting is is covid has not so much created things as much as it's exposed things that are already there and and I think one of our Achilles heel in Western culture is like a lack of margin, you know, people living beyond their means financially, yeah. over scheduling themselves and even busyness is this kind of badge of honor. You see natural resources, you know, like I think America and China are the biggest perpetrators right. of like we're using way more. And and so all these different things cause us to, to reevaluate like what if, you know, and, and even taking biblical stewardship in new yeah. is always living below your means. Yep. And I think that plays across the board, you know, exactly. in every resource that we are uh, privileged to steward for the short amount of time, like it's it, the biblical picture is never use it up and then some, but it's how can you actually scale back so that you can be generous with your time exactly. and generous with your money and generous with our natural resources, you know, all these different things. And I think it's, it's a gift in these pause moments is to actually like have some reevaluation in in a way you don't when you just keep going from one thing to the next and the right. pace doesn't slow down and and so I think you're right that has that has been a gift and and I do hope there are some lasting yeah. um like patterns that come out of this which which does kind of lead me to to maybe where I want to land this is you mentioned earlier and I think it was a really astute observation that there's so much about what is happening here that that we actually don't know maybe what some of the things God is doing or teaching on a macro or a micro level maybe for months and, and years to come, you know, and even there's this, there's this sort of like, I was listening to one uh, cultural commentator who's kind of looking at faith and culture. And he said, right now, Christians are still in the um, like Christian hero phase when they're like mm-hmm. trying to like be these heroes and they're trying to be in those moments. And he, what, that's not a degrading thing at all, but he's like, we haven't gotten to the part where we're dealing with the fallout yeah. emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Like there's for some there's fatigue for others. There's still kind of adrenaline pumping. And, and there's this sort of reckoning that we're going to have to have of like, what was God doing in, yeah. in this season and what can we learn from it in a lasting way? So maybe like, maybe, maybe put your forward thinking cap on and, and, just what, what are maybe some of your like hopeful anticipations maybe for you, your family, for yeah. who knows, the church at large, or who knows, just kind of what are you looking for to maybe hope we come out learning or or maybe hope we can encounter next? Yeah, I, I think a couple things. I think um, I, I, I think one is hope. Right. That that we that we look at hope differently and we don't find it necessarily in the things that we have always had like in the things that brought us comfort or the things that that brought us um, stability but in in God in God and community right I think that's another thing I hope that we're able to look at community a little bit differently as opposed to like um, an obligation looking at it as an obligation or as you know taking it for granted but like really looking for those connections I think in a real way and like an authentic way. Um, I think some people are better at that than others. And I, I think that's always the way things are, but I think maybe like a new sense of what that can look like. Um, I think that's one of the good things about COVID in a way is that uh, definitely there's been a lot of people who've been isolated and alone. I think that is, is not okay. And I think that we all know that's not okay. And, and we don't want that to happen to anyone, nor do we want that to continue. But the flip side of that is there's also been a really cool way that people have reached those that are in a place where they're able to emotionally or 
for whatever reason, technology, you know, whatever, they've found new ways to connect with people. And I think that we should continue to do that and, and out, in ways that are cool, like outside of our normal people like us who are think like us, who are just like us, but like in like really cross cultural, cross sectioned sectionality um, of, of the world, right? Like building community in that way. And I hope that that, that continues. Um, and I, I think another thing is that I think there's been one of the really, so one of the really cool silver linings that I, that I haven't mentioned is that in being home with my kids all day is I get to see who they are in class. So if you think for a second, when you were in junior high, who you were in class was different than who you were at home, right? Like you had, you acted one way in the classroom, then you got home and you were the same kid you always were in your family. Well, my kids don't have that right now. Who they are in class, I so I see who they are in their class. So it's very cool to be able to see who they are in their classroom setting, which I never would get to see because that's not a part of their life that I would get to be a part of, which is which is how it's supposed to be. And that's fine because that's like that whole separation as they're becoming teenagers and moving into adulthood, which they're which I feel a little bit bad that they're not getting that kind of in the same way. I'm sure they'll catch up in a couple years and it'll be traumatic for all of us. But <laughs> but one of the cool things is being able to like look at like listen and hear how they interact in their classroom with their friends, with their teachers, and be like, oh you're that kid. I didn't know you were that way. You know what I mean? I didn't know that's part of who you were and who you are. Um, which is which is kind of fun. So all that to say another thing that I hope that comes out of this is like being able to connect with our own families in that more genuine way and and maybe seeing our children for who they are as opposed to like just those like passing high five interactions which sometimes happen and I think some of that will go back and some of that's normal and so I don't want to like but also hopefully this open space for as they grow though the communication line will stay open longer as opposed to being severed a lot earlier in their adolescence so I don't know. That's one of the, that's a personal thing that I hope comes out that I hope comes out of it. Well, even, even, yeah, to, to that end a little bit, um, maybe for, um, like thinking about people who may be listening to this, uh, and, you know, honestly think the spectrum. So people yeah. are part of our local community that we're in together and then people who are not people who are engaged in some kind of faith journey, people who are not, but weirdly listen, I don't understand that, but <laughs> you know, it just people we know in person and people we don't like, how would you encourage anyone? Like maybe, maybe one or two things. How would you encourage someone listening? Um, just what would be your encouragement to them? If you were looking at them on the screen and not me? Yeah, I think, I think I would say that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel loss and sadness, um, but not to, not to stay in those places, but to like lean into them, pray about it and then let go. Right. Like, like know that, that it's okay to have those emotions. It's okay to be in those, like those places of really low, those low places, but not to stay there. Right. To, to lean on, on your faith, to really pull you out and to know that this it's temporary and not like an eternal thing. And that, that there's more important things. I think that's, I think that's one of the, the things I would say and to expect like ups and downs, like this is new, this is a new season for all of us. And I think to, to, ha to, I think we have expectations on ourselves 
that we're going to handle things a certain way. And then either we do or we don't. And then we have like disappointment or, you know, I think, I think we're all going to have like ups and downs and that is okay too. And, and know that there's grace and, and mercy and forgiveness and to not just not stay there. Right. Just to, but, but to know that it's okay to have those moments and then turn to your faith in prayer and, and your, and your community. Right. And, and, and move past it. Right. So move, move on from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking about someone, something someone told me, um, uh, right, right towards the beginning, uh, of all of this. And they, and, uh, is a mentor of mine. And he said, you know, for, for most of us, this is our first global pandemic. So we can all give ourselves a little bit of a break here. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> no one has this scripted. We, none of us no. know what's going to happen. We're all just winging it day by day with each other, but exactly. that's, that's so good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, honestly, thanks for carving out a bit of time here. Um, and I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I do want to, uh, plug something I'm really excited about that, that you, that you put out just a few weeks ago, uh, you've been working with a team of, um, other amazing people to put out, uh, like a, I don't know what to call it. It's like an e-magazine, uh, a, an online cool. journal or e-magazine. Yeah. Online journal yep. called yep. the unmooring. And, yeah. uh, I read it that first day it came out and was like the artwork, the poetry, the stories. I was like, so blown away and so excited. And then so also like friend proud that you did this and, and you did it with some awesome people. And so I just want to encourage anyone listening, if they haven't heard of it, go to the, the right. And check out the unmooring.org, the unmooring.org, sorry, the unmooring.org, check out the first publication that's out. And you guys are writing some stuff online as well. And it's just been hugely fun to follow that journey. So Thank I love it. So much. I'm so glad you read it and that you enjoyed it. It was definitely, um, there a lot of lessons learned in that too, but definitely like a labor of love and a lot more emotionally draining and a lot more work, actual work than I expected. And, um, but at the same time, like really God really pulled something together that, that was not possible just within our own, like, abilities. So, um, thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate your support. It's really cool. I, I love the creativity and innovation that so many in our circle have, have been walking in this season and there are a thousand stories to tell and hopefully we'll get to tell some of those, but thank you again for being with me. Thanks for carving out some time. Loved having you on, uh, enjoy your recording this on a day off. Enjoy that, uh, that rare day off. And, wow. um, go yeah. back to my I'll... home renovation work, <laughs> back to replacing those floors. <laughs> All right. Bye, Kylie. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, Kylie. And thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you are as inspired as I was listening to some of how she's processing and and thinking through this moment that we do find ourselves in. I'm excited to bring you more stories. We've got a couple in the bank already. And so I'm really pumped to be sharing more of those uh, with you over the coming weeks and months. Thanks again for listening. Once again, the best way to support the podcast is rate it, review it, share it along with someone that you know. Uh, I'm excited to continue our journey uh, on the Tuesday and the Thursday pods next week. So thanks again for listening. Have an amazing weekend. We'll see you next time. 